You are listening to Grit and Grace, where I'm sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you and bringing stories to you of the most amazing women that are crushing it in business and in life. My name is Tomberly, and I'm a social impact entrepreneur, where I help businesses grow their community impact and their bottom line through their partnerships with nonprofit organizations. I'm also the founder of Tomberly's Tribe, a brand new group of female experts that from all different fields are helping women grow to their highest level of potential. Join us on this journey by downloading the Himalaya app, which is free, and follow us so we can keep you up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. Welcome to my show. For November 2019, all of our Grit and Grace shows will be featuring stories of spirituality. I'm really excited to introduce you to women who are not only crushing it in business and in life, but also have a spiritual practice. They are individuals that have developed and expanded upon just what they do day to day and have found that greater meaning, that higher purpose, that higher calling. They are absolutely incredible, and I know that you're going to love it. Please make sure that you check the show notes for any additional contact information, or if you are looking to get more guidance or help on your spiritual path, please don't hesitate to contact me, and I will get you in touch with one of these amazing women, because we are here. Taverly's Tribe is here to support you. Now, welcome to Sacred November. I hope you guys have been enjoying these amazing sacred November podcasts that we've been sharing with you, because I know for me being a part of this process has been so super incredible to experience the messages that these women have to share, not just with us and with you that are listening, but with the world. And I promise you today is going to absolutely blow your mind because I have a very good friend with me. Her name is Shoshana French. And she is an intuition expert. She's a coach and a consultant who specializes in training others how to connect to their intuition and live their best life. She has been providing one-on-one sessions work with clients for the last 23 years. Her clients transform their relationships. They create unpredictable success and develop deep connections to their purpose and to the people they love. She offers corporate and personal retreats, training programs and sessions, one-to-one clients, and, and not just locally, but across the globe. She is located in the Denver metro area, but she is available to all of you at any time. And I'm going to remind you, as I've been telling you in all of these shows, that Taverly's tribe, these women that we're bringing to you are here for you. We are absolutely here for you because I know that when you listen to what we're sharing to you, you're going to feel this something touched inside of you. You're going to feel this shift or a transition, and it's going to interest you to want to know more more and where to go and what that means to you. So I invite you to not hesitate to reach out to either me or Shoshana or any of the amazing women that we're talking to, because we are absolutely here for you and we have your back in this process. So now, without further ado, Shoshana. (laughs) Hi, Taverly. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. This has been like I feel like I could feel the energy like building up to us recording this because you and I could talk regularly and we could, you know, you know, chat casually or chat spiritually. We can chat in different ways, but I felt an energy build up into bringing you on to the show because I feel like what you do is so transformational for so many people. I'm just so honored to have you. Mm, Thank you. Well, I feel super honored to be included in this like juicy, yummy, amazing group of people in November. I mean, this is amazing. I love being like, wow, I'm on the same docket. It feels really, I feel very honored. So thank you. Yeah. I think it's important for us to really stand up and stand into who we are. And you know, my process in growing and becoming a little bit more forthcoming with my audience and, you know, with my community that a big part of what makes me who I am and how I do it is my spiritual magical side but it's not something that I've really brought forward. And so you've been a part of that process and helping me feel comfortable in being the boss babe that I want to be, grow my business, stay on that path and still embrace my gifts and grow them. And I know that you do that, which I think is actually your business is your spiritual gifts, which is I think unique. Not a lot of people have built their life around that, which is really special. Mm, Thank you. I've been cultivating this word recently. That's interesting. It's like a little, like a label. Cause mm. I have said for a long time, 
you know, I embrace the woo and the real world. Mm. And so I've been uh, talking about mod- what, what is it to be a modern mystic? Mm. And to me, being a modern mystic is finding the woo in the real world. So it's like honoring ancient wisdom and pathways that uh, take into consideration times long ago before technology, but bringing it into like the current technological and really advanced, really highly connected world, like highly connected technologically, right? And mm-hmm. so um, I think that's what's possible for human beings is we don't have to, like technophobes are like, get rid of all the technology. Mm-hmm. And the really like technology people are like, you can't prove it with science, why do you believe that? But I think you can combine the two together. Yeah, there's so much in there. I'm trying to think of where I want to start. Um, <laughs> I want to. I want to just. I, I guess I want to highlight the point that you have just brought in our ancestors. Mm. You have you have brought forward the idea that what you and I do and in, in the world that we live in today is not new. Our connection to divine spirit, God, Buddha, whatever you want to call it, is not new. We are not unique. It's been happening for thousands and thousands of years. In fact, it's probably been more prevalent in in the past, and it's been. There was a course of time that happened where we lost that. And I'm not going to go into the whole religious side of how that, I want to say it like snuffed out or snuffed our ability out to really develop our spirituality. But the truth is, is that people that are really gifted like yourself that can pull our ancestors and our magic into today and who we are, um, we have been persecuted for this for a really long time. So it's no wonder that it sort of went underground, underground. but I feel like it's coming, it's coming back. Well, as you were saying that, what occurred to me is just even, let's say, 40 years ago, this wouldn't have even been possible. I mean, my mom is a gifted clairvoyant and an empath, and she went into nursing because she likes to take care of people and because she could feel how people are. And But she would say, and she wouldn't say now maybe, but when I was a kid, we didn't talk about what this gift was. We Mm. never talked about it. So we, we have like a religious context for it, which is like gifts of the spirit. Cause I was raised pretty, um, evangelically Christian, but we never talked about this thing that actually runs in all, like the last four generations of our family, where we have visions that come true, dreams that come true. We can read people, we counsel them, they unbear their souls to us. So it wasn't until I discovered what my, what my gift meant when I was 18 in an entirely different context where my mom wasn't even there and then brought what I learned back to her that she started to open up about how it's been her whole life. I Mm. mean, she told me stories probably in the last two years as I've been building my business bigger and doing more work with wider ranges of people, kind of more what I would say in like traditional entrepreneurs in the business world that she's felt like she could share with me kind of her experience of having this gift in a world that was not all that interested in it. Yeah. Do you think that you were a trigger in helping her remember who she is? Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I think that my mom always wanted to be able to, uh, talk about her gift, but instead she's super smart. Cause that's what runs in our family. Like my uncle has three degrees. My aunt has two. My mom has, you know, her bachelor's and continued education as a nurse. So smarts is the thing we talk about. But if I look at all the people in my family, they're all gifted at listening. And I don't mean like they, they are um, not to words, not just to right, words. Yes. Right. Yes. They listen deeply. Uh-huh. I mean, my grandmother used my mom's mom used to talk about she, they called it the gift of counsel, but it was the ability to sit with someone and hear what their soul was saying, not their mouth. And so even my grandmother, right? She was born, I think in the thirties, maybe the twenties, the twenties. And when she was a nurse, right? During world war II, um, was a nurse in the core. And then she was like a nurse later on. She knew what was going on with people without having mm. that background of knowledge in I would watch her sit with her friends at the kitchen table and just listen to them. And they were healed through her listening, mm. but no one understood. It was like, no one was talking about or understood what was really going on. So I am highly aware. I mean, highly, highly aware, even as I was calling a prayer in for us and setting yeah. this space that 
uh, who stands behind us is this ancestors of women like my my mom, like my grandmother, and even on my dad's side, my grandmother uh, and all of the women from you know the Celtic lineage that I have, that all of them have these gifts, but they weren't free to express them and they sort of couch them in other things. And I've made my lifetime from kind of an unusual fringy (laughs) kind of opportunity. (laughs) Well, I think, is it possible too, though, that there are periods of time in our life when, when you, when you have gifts or you have a knowing that's different that you don't necessarily realize that not everybody has that. I think that that, I think that's been part of my journey is having to learn that the way that I show up and the way that I hold my energy, I, I had to learn that not everybody has that or knowing about themselves, what, you know, what matters or what gifts they have. I just, I guess it's just a naivety in me to think that, oh, I, if I, if I heard somebody say something from their soul, like your ancestors have done, is it possible that they felt like that was normal, that everybody could do that? Because I, I know that, and I don't want to say that it's not, that abnormal is not the word, but you know what I mean? That the majority of the population doesn't hear words that way or hear non-words that way. <laughs> Well, to get really practical, because that's what I do, (laughs) what I think is that children are really intuitive and they know when they're hungry, they know when they're tired, they know when someone says something that upsets them. They express what's right on the surface. And over time, that way of living doesn't really work inside of the structured society we have. This is the times that you eat. This is when you show up to work, even if you don't feel like coming. And if someone says something that upsets you, it's better to pretend like it doesn't. And so we sort of kind of, I don't know, you could, we could say condition, yeah. can be conditioned children yeah. to no longer be intuitive. So my belief, and this is, I don't know how many thousands of people I've taught or talked to or led programs to lots of thousands of people, but what I've seen is that when people begin to reconnect to their intuition, it's just a a, re, a restoration, a returning to. Mm-hmm. It's like a re, it's like a reclamation of a gift they've always had. So when you say, you know, I'm naive to think that other people have that, I would say the naivete is just more in that uh, that people are comfortable that other people can do that. Because yeah. that's actually what I find more often yeah. is that people feel really unsettled by yeah. uh, others who will pay attention to their intuition over training, education, conditioning, mm. logic. Such a good point. And that isn't that is intimidating. I think that that's it's intimidating to be on the other side because if you have not tapped into it, and I I have stopped using the word awaken. I've started using the word remembering because I, that's, that's been my journey. And if, if those of you that are listening have not gone back and listened to a solo show that I did to introduce you to these shows that are happening in November, um, I talk about that because it's, it's not, it's not, I don't feel that I awaken. I feel like I just remembered who I am and it took some time and it took a series of things for a lot of us. It does that. But if you have not remembered who you are yet, somebody on the other side, when you can feel that, because there is a shift that happens when you feel it, it can it can be a little unnerving. What, like, wait, you can, I'm pretty sure that they can see down somewhere in my side myself that maybe even I don't look at, right? Yeah. I'm married to a hard intuitive mm. who is deeply empathic and he has tapped into my emotions way before I am, mm. just way before I am. And so it, it, it was unnerving when we were just friends and would have conversations and he would ask me if I was okay. And I would get irritated in the beginning (laughs) because, um, you know, I pride myself on being tough Mm. and, uh, and independent (laughs) and self-sufficient and all all those those things, things, all those things, right. Taught to me by my mom, right. Single mom, mother of three. And so when he'd say like, are you okay? Uh, do you think I'm not okay? (laughs) (laughs) But I never got that. He was, it took a little while, but then I started to realize he wasn't asking, if I was okay, like, uh, are you capable? He was asking like, is your heart okay? Mm. And it, it trained me to listen to my heart, to listen to my emotions, Mm. to give them validity and importance in my processes of decision and communication. And, uh, it really helped me better understand people I work with like Mm -hmm. clients, Mm -hmm. uh, because emotions do matter and they are there all the time. But in this, in the reverse, right? 
how my gift works is I, what I often say is I can see the hidden meanings and I can understand what people's motivations are, even if they don't understand. So I can have a conversation in a session with someone where they sort of share with me, this happened yesterday, where they sort of share, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of thinking of leaving my husband, but I don't know what to do. And what I could hear in what she was saying was that like her secret motivation was not about leaving her husband. It was about her reluctance to create what's next because she just can't even believe that it would be possible to be happy because she's, I mean, she's been married for 18 years. She's never made a decision. She said, I went from being at my parents' house to making the decision to go to college and then going to college to somewhere in college, meeting him, getting married, having kids, being married. Right, a very traditional path. Very traditional mm-hmm. path. So mm-hmm. she just said, I've, I've never actually just asked myself, well, what is it that I, what, what do I want? What could I want? Mm-hmm. And once I could, once I illuminated that for her, she was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> what do I want? And then it opened everything up. And that's the same way that Steve and my husband opened me up mm. to, to look inside the heart and understand my emotions is the same way that I shifted how she was thinking. It's, that's, what the, that's what our gift does. Our, mm-hmm. gift, our gift doesn't heal people, right? We're facilitators of healing. We mm-hmm. don't heal people. People heal themselves. But we facilitate the space for people to do that for themselves. That's mm. what our gift does. Right. And so you you have the ability to not just help an individual learn like the tactical tools. Cause I mean, you all, you have a very practical down earth tactical tool. Like you can keep both feet on this earth, even though your both feet can be in the cosmos whenever you want, Yep. <laughs> but you, you can relate to an individual where you can give them practical tips on how to grow and learn. But the goal is to have them learn how to do it on their own. Um, and I think that that's, it's kind of a misconception. It's it's interesting if you think about people who just um, hire a psychic for a reading or want to know the future, who's their future love, or they're just really, I want to call the basic stuff that people oftentimes look for. Um, I have been asked a lot recently on how do I just make it happen like this? How do I get that same information for myself, like snap of my fingers? And I, I kind of pause for a minute and Think about the internal healing and process that needs to happen well before any of that opens up in an individual. And you have a path to do that for people. So I would love for you to share with our audience what that might look like. Like if 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 a new individual was to come to you and they knew that they had something deep inside of them that they wanted to bring out and they haven't yet and they don't know how, and they're probably coming to you for coaching as well. And they're going to want you to give them the hits like, okay, tell me my next job. Tell me my next lover. You know, Tell me where I'm going to buy my next. Like, they, you know, that cause that happens, right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's where that, but I think that's where it starts, but walk our audience through, you know, what that process might look like for you to develop those initial stages of inner work. Mm. So to me, there are two parts of intuitive development. Part one is, uh, like honing your connection to the channel. You are a channel, meaning like uh, intuitive information comes through you. So first you have to understand how your channel works, kind of the mechanics of intuition. And then the part two is clearing the channel. Mm. So uh, I think that a lot of people buy books about intuition. Probably your listeners are going to be like, well, I bought that book by Carolyn Miss, like Anatomy of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Or I read this book one time by Sylvia Brown about, you know, people on the other side but they don't recognize the other half, which is you have to clear the channel as well. And so when I work with people, I do both. So to me, it's our intuition is a pretty like practical mechanics, nuts and bolts of how it works. It works the same. The mechanics work the same for all people, but your unique combination of things, you know, um, both what you're focused on and then how your body interprets intuitive messages is different for every person. Right. You know, it, the funny part is when you're, I find this funny anyway, the funny part is when I, um, speak to two different people in two different worlds and their intuition works very, very similarly, but they wouldn't relate like they're the same. Right. So I work with this woman who's an intuitive, a a pretty successful one. And we work on how can she clear the channel so that more of herself is out of the way. So what she receives guidance wise for other people is really, really easy. And her gift works. She's a mind intuitive like me. So 
her focus is on mental and how things are connected and understanding, but then she's a knower. So she just knows things. Well, her intuition works exactly the same as the guy I work with, who's a contractor for the DOD, the Department of Defense, identical really. And he's the kind of guy, like what he does all day is he looks at huge amounts of information. Um, He helps the military figure out how to set up camps Mm. in like across from enemy lines to gather intel. That's what he does. And so he's really good at like, you know, organization. And I couldn't even tell you, but his, his intuition works exactly the same. He's a mind intuitive. He sees how things are connected. It's the thing he like is trying to understand the mind of, you know, the, the group of people he's trying to help. And then he knows things that actually are totally unconnected to his many, many years in the military before he retired 22 years all of his education inside of organizational leadership, et cetera, et cetera. So even though they're in two completely different fields, like couldn't be more different, their intuition still communicates this really practical knowledge. Her, for when she's sitting in front of someone and is pulling tarot cards, and for him, when he's drawing up how to organize the camp Mm. to know where all of the ammunition is. I mean, it's it's totally different, It's totally different, but it's still the same thing. So when I work with people, Mm -hmm. we just first figure out the practicality of how your intuition works. That's the very first step. And I mean, I have to ask this question because I know that there are people who are not going to be sure if they have it themselves. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my question for you is really simple. Does everybody have access to this information and power source? Yes. Everyone, everyone, like I'm surprised by and wondered if that was the case, but over 23 years, I have not met anyone who wasn't like, well, I one time had this feeling. Mm -hmm. Even my dad, who's like a big old biker dude, he calls them his (laughs) metaphysical moments. That's what he calls them. And you have to like, imagine he's like six foot three, red beard. He always wears a beret. Yeah. He's a hard, he was owned a motorcycle shop for 35 years. And he's like, oh, I've had metaphysical moments. So everyone, I've never met anybody who's not had, they may not recognize it. And what I find more commonly is that people don't know how to have it happen again. They had like kind of a, what I call like the, the most basic part of your intuition is part of our brain. It's the innermost part of our brain. That's meant to keep us safe from enemy, right? Mm -hmm. From danger, which is the amygdala. And it's connected to the system called your glial cells. So if you perceive something as threat, it's like an internal, like, Hey, what's up kind of system. And that's great, but there's something beyond that. Like there's something more than just a warning system. So if I can get people to recognize that beyond a warning system, your intuition can actually communicate things you need to know. Like, is this job a really good fit? Is now the time to, you know, buy our home, uh, going on vacation to this place doesn't feel right. I don't know why I'm going to trust it. Um, you know, now is the time to invest in Apple, whatever it is like beyond the warning system. Intuition is a super practical tool for giving you information, mm-hmm. giving you clarity, helping you make decisions. And so everybody's going to receive that in a different way. Totally different yeah, way. It's going to be in a different way. I mean, except for the two examples you gave me, which are interesting because they are far wide spectrum individuals, but have the same. So, and I think that that's really important because there are a lot of people that, you know, you know, and I have, have used a term for this in the past, like curtain peekers, like people that see it and they, they like, they see it, they feel it and they go, Ooh, <laughs> what was that? And I, I think that it's important that we talk about the importance of us remembering that because it really can create a shift in all of our lives. I mean, you created a shift with your mom, you've created a shift with your dad. And I can honestly tell you that my father and and my stepmom who are here local have had a massive shift just by my remembering. Like they have, Mm -hmm. my dad has remembered who he is and he is telling me stories from when he was young and when he was a young adult of the way that he worked with nature, with his father and the conversations they would have with the things that were growing on the plains of Colorado and how to my grandfather, that was God. And so it's all this, it's just interesting that we know when our intuition comes into play, we clear the channels, we start tapping into it, we actually create a ripple effect. And I think I read a study, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you would definitely know more about this than I would, but that increase in energy that you have when your intuition is lit up, let's say, or, or tapped in, you have like a two mile radius of impact just energetically around you. 
That's interesting. I read something about that and about how when we're focused on something that it shifts what we pay attention to because of how our brain works. I haven't read that article. So now you're going to have to send that to me because yeah, I'm really I'll curious. Have to, I'll have to find it now that I quoted <laughs> it. But there was, there was something in it about the distance that we have the ability to energetically create ripples. So mm. it's like even you and I in the space that we are at right now, because we are so tuned in and tapped on and it's warm and all wonderful in here. I feel like that's the type of energy they're referring to in this study that my neighbors and the people in this community are going to feel that there's something really loving and light around them. They might not know what it is, but that we know that that we have that impact outside of just this 10 foot area that we're recording in. I know that when people come into my house, they feel something different. Mm -hmm. People have told me that lots of times, like when they sit down in my office, people have told me that just in our conversations and people have been telling me that my whole life, that there's something different about being in my listening. And so I think I'm sure whatever that article is, I know they've done a ton of research on just what energy actually is because people are like, oh, energy. Some people think that's kind of interesting, intriguing, while some people think it sounds like a bunch of hoo-ah and so bunch of hooey. And so what I think is, and what I've seen is when people are tapped into the kind of energy, right? That whole vibes don't lie thing. Mm -hmm. When you're tapped into vibes, the vibes you have, the vibes other people have, and you shift, like shift that vibe, of course that's going to have reaching impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all these, all this research about culture and companies. And when people change cultures and companies that literally the vibe of the company changes and then the entire, like the, the culture changes, but then what it's like coming to work, what it's like engaging with other people, what it's like to create and be in your sweet spot, like all of that, how could that not I mean, how could that not change it? I mean, change everything. My uh, coach who's helping me write my book, the thing she said is come up with like a, like a statement so that every time you sit down to write, it's in the back of your mind. It's like your why for writing. And when I think about a world of people tapped into their intuition, automatically what I think of is a world of people who are engaged with what matters to them. They're being honest. It's a kinder world. And people are more likely to notice other people. Mm. They're like, notice that someone's upset or notice that they're good or notice the thing that they're doing isn't okay or is. Like people are just more present. Yeah, I love that. First of all, that's amazing. Can't wait to read your book. You know we're going to feature that on this show when it's ready. We just put you on notice as soon as it's uh, okay, done, people. Good. We're going to do it here first. Um, and I, I think that... I've asked you this before and I, I don't, I don't know why this is just so curious to me. I think part of it's because I have a very strong understanding when somebody is um, not self-aware and I, I find it surprising still, even though I still hold space and, and, and give my love in the way that I do, but the percentage of people that are, are not connected to any energy source um, or have tuned it so far out that they sit in a place that is very painful for them. And I'm, I'm consciously aware when I come across somebody who sits in that space, how do you, as just as a woman, this is we're going to talk about the business part. Cause I want to come back to talking about company culture. Cause I know that you work in those circles. So I want to talk about that. But first, like as a woman, as a person, when you are out in public or doing something and you come across somebody in that space, what do you do? Mm. That's a great question. I'm trying to think of somebody that I've run into recently that's not tapped into some energy source. It I don't I don't do like something physically with them yeah. usually. Uh and it really depends on the circumstance. So yeah. it could be any it's like the thing that comes to my brain is like, well, it'd be one of three things depending on the interaction. If what I can notice over there is just like deep, deep unhappiness and loneliness, I'll just connect with them for a moment, like eye to eye and say, hello. Mm -hmm. I just sometimes do that. Mm -hmm. Also, my intuition tells me what people need to hear sometimes. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll just look at someone and it will be like, compliment their dress, compliment their hair, tell them thank you. Like if it's a waitress or a barista or something like that. So I often will do that. Um, And then for me also is just this energy of like, if you just imagine like wrapping your arms around someone and hugging them with permission, right? On an Mm -hmm. energetic level, but like wrapping your arms around someone 
and giving them a squeeze. I think because some people think that the nature of being human is suffering mm-hmm. and we've forgotten for such a long time that being human is not without challenge or hardship, but that suffering itself is optional. Right. The suffering part is optional, not the hardship or challenge, but the suffering. And so I think some people sit in suffering because they think that that's just how life is. Like life is a series of sufferings and you get little breaks from it. And um, so when I meet someone who's kind of stuck in that mindset, mostly I just have a lot of love and compassion for them. And if there's a space or an opening to have a conversation, I will and try to help in any way I can. But mostly I just have a lot of compassion for them because that stinks to be stuck in that space. Because I was once upon a time and I understand what it's like to be stuck there. That that's one of the things that's the most amazing about you because anybody that comes into your circle or into your space or has felt that from you, it's a pretty darn incredible feeling. Mm. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And I, I have to take a moment and just, we have to thank Alicia. Mm, yes, we do. <laughs> Alicia, Alicia Hawk. We're going to tag you in this show too. So how I met Shoshana was Alicia Huck. And if you guys haven't listened to Alicia's two-part series that we did earlier this year, it's really incredible. Alicia's one of my favorite people. And we were all at an event and I just remember her grabbing me by the shirt and she like grabbed you and she like pushed us together, like face to face. And I remember my whole body just went, oh, like I, I mean, I don't even think we said anything for like the first 20 seconds. It was just like this feeling back and forth. And because I know what that feels like and I, can process that in a way that gives me information that I think other people that even if you don't know what that means, they're going to feel that love from you. So thank you, Alicia, for bringing me Shoshana. Thank you. (laughs) And it's worthwhile saying that she's someone who harnesses these instincts we're talking about. Mm. She uses them and Mm. it, she follows her, her like tug, her intuitive tug when she introduces people. Mm, So I appreciate when she introduces me because she's made some perfect introductions for friends now. Yeah. (laughs) Like perfect. So I'd like to go back just a little bit and talk about um, this whole process you've been through in your journey, because I think it's important for everybody to know there is a process and everybody has a journey. I think that there's a very few, very, I don't even know if there is any individuals that are born remembering who they are from day one and don't have any lessons to learn. That's just, that's not what we're here for. We're here to learn. We have processes that we need to go through to get to where we are. And no matter what we know when we're born, a lot of that conditioning or what we go through in the early years has to be undone. And that is why it takes time and wisdom to be able to dive deep inside yourself. And so I want to hear more about that, what process was like for you. And I know you mentioned it was around 18 when things started to shift. So if you don't mind sharing your journey Mm-mm. from then till now, I would, I would love to hear that. Well, I think we have to start earlier than that when mm-hmm. I was seven. So I think I mentioned a little bit earlier in our conversation that I was raised in an evangelical kind of family. My mom would have said she was a born again Christian. Okay, She's not a big Bible thumper. Like some people are that. My mom was not so much that. She was more about like a love freak. She was more about the love of God. And so um, when I was seven, I knew, I was like, I want to be baptized. And so Mm -hmm. they did it. And it was not the practice of the church to do that. My mom advocated for me because I was really adamant. And I just try to now imagine as an adult, a seven-year-old who's like, you must do this. (laughs) Especially in a church, like to want (laughs) to be baptized. I was like, do this. And because my understanding, now I can kind of think about it. My understanding of baptism at seven was dedication. I wanted to dedicate my life to God. That's what, Mm. not to the church, not to the dogma, but to God. Like Mm. my life is for God because I had this feeling and had since I could remember. So they baptize me as I'm being baptized. I have this whole vision. It's like, uh, not like they show like the old man and kids, not like that kind of vision, but just light. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to tell everybody. I pop out of the water and start telling people. And, uh, it was not okay. <laughs> like it was weird. And you, mean, you mean people's reactions oh, were yeah. weird because, oh, yes. because people, yeah, well, let, let's just clarify. You came out of the water already remembering what you needed to know. And that's big information that not a lot of people living day-to-day life are going to be comfortable with. It's going to be like, a, what did she say? She's gone way off into the deep end, literally into the deep well, end. Like it's the difference between the, you know, like the, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. So the letter of the law in, in that religion where I was, was like, Jesus loves you. That's the letter of the law. It says it in the Bible. Mm. 
But for me, it was not the letter. It was the spirit. Like mm. it was a full visceral experience. Like I felt love being dunked into the pool. I was connected to all that is and all that is was connected to me. And when I popped out at seven and like told people this, they thought it was really, really strange. Not mm. just kids. Cause I could imagine, you know, kids can be like anything that seems a little weird that they might, they're mm-hmm. like, no way. Mm-hmm. But the adults thought it was really strange. Yeah. And so, um, that kind of created for me a being cautious, you know, like that was like a, as they say, it was like one of those moments where you're like something, I don't belong. I better be careful, Right. better be careful about what I share. So I mostly didn't talk about it. Not really. I still always just had this really deep connection and felt everything. And then at about 10, it was like too much. Like I was feeling too much. And so I think I made that transition from feeling everything to understanding everything. It went very more in my head than my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, then, you know, fast forward in college, this thing happened where um, I felt this huge break with the religion I'd been part of for many years. My senior year in high school, there was a shooting at the Chuck E. Cheese that I worked at. This was in 93 in Colorado. And I got really Which mad. Which was a really big deal. It was a it was, huge yeah, deal. For those of the, it, yeah, for who that don't live know about Colorado, it, yeah, it was yeah. two, mm-hmm. two blocks from my high school. Mm. And I knew the guy that did the shooting and I knew all the people who died. Mm. And it caused a break for me inside of, I don't even know how to say it other than before that moment, what I remember is having like a real optimism, not balanced with, um, like consideration of what life can be like, the challenges and hardships of real life. And then after that moment, it was like, uh, this is what, like, this is what God promised. Uh, what? And so I kind of had this huge break with everything. Then I went away to college and I searched for a number of years. The summer after my freshman year, the woman that I was going to be roommates with took me into a metaphysical bookstore in Greeley And for anybody who is from Colorado, it's the stinky place. But if you're not from Colorado, it's this little tiny- (laughs) Greeley, you mean Greeley is the stinky place. Not Colorado, sorry. I thought you meant the metaphysical store. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh no, wait, she's talking Greeley. Because it's a cow town. The store is not stinky. The cow town is stinky. (laughs) I followed you. I got you. Okay, good. Sorry about that. So there I am in Greeley. She takes me to this bookstore and I- she walks me in and the woman behind the counter kind of walks around the, the mm. you know, that had all the crystals and the things, walked around the display case and came up to me and said, there you are. Now, I thought my friend Dawn had told her all about me. Mm-mm. I came to find out later she had had a dream. Like she would have said source or spirit gave me a dream. And the dream was this woman's going to come in and she didn't tell her what like source or spirit didn't tell her what I looked like, but you'll see in her eyes she's searching and she needs you. So teach her everything you know. And so when I walked in, she goes, there you are. She recognized me energetically and her name is Rosemary. And she proceeded to do just that. She, Mm. I mean, she's at the time I was 18, she was probably 55. So she was older than my mom, closer to my grandmother's age. She had this little metaphysical bookstore in the middle of a pretty religious town so she was kind of unusual in that town. And I watched what that was like for her. And it taught me some things about honor your truth no matter what. So I've always been grateful for Rosemary mm. for that. They taught me tarot, pendulum, meditation, metaphysics. It was a bookstore, but I was a broke college student. They gave me books. I could use them, read them as long as I brought them back in perfect condition. I didn't have to pay for them. She was like a lending library. Mm, mm. And then the bookstore closed and they did a you know meditation circle. They kept inviting me. And it the very first time after I took a tarot class that I turned cards over, it like changed. It changed from this thing that kind of happened to me, intuition, to when I turned the card over doing the reading for the teacher, it was like someone was talking to me in my head. And I said everything to her that I was hearing and it she was just like blown away. The teacher was blown away. And she looked in my eyes and she said, ah, there we go. We've turned something on. We've unlocked something. And then it's just been a series of unlocking and turning something on since then. And, you know, uh, a lot of the path, the clearing of the channel has not been spiritual in nature, not necessarily. It's been, you know, not even metaphysical. It's been personal development. I took 14 years of personal development and transformational education. I led programs for them. I worked on staff for them. I did things like Millionaire Mind Intensive with T. Harv Eckers' uh, company. May I ask you a question really quick about that? 
is that is don't you think though that part of that work that you were doing during personal transformation training was because no matter what field you were going to end up in, you were still going to have to deal with people, right? I, I, I just, I feel so strongly that that is what makes you connect with people outside of the spirit, but the actual going to the level of where most humans are and being able to communicate effectively with them. That's what you learned because if you had, didn't have that piece, mm-hmm. I don't know, you might stay up in the cosmos a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also would not be able to connect something that is so spiritual and otherworldly to real life. Yes. And when I say it was not spiritual in nature, what I mean is the classes themselves are not marketed as spiritual. I don't mean that the thing itself was not spiritual. Right. I worked through not just this lifetime's worth of crap. Yeah. <laughs> I worked through right. all the lifetimes worth of crap, you know? And uh emerged as someone who um I would say someone who felt like comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. And that if you can't sit still and be present, it is really hard to listen to 20 guides all at the same time, communicate the information that they have for the person that you're facilitating healing for in front of you. You just can't hear it. If this person's good looking, am I that good looking? Oh gosh, they look wealthy. I'm not wealthy. Oh, they're talking about cheating on their spouse. I have a really strong judgment about that. That's Mm -hmm. not okay. Mm -hmm. If the channel is not clear, which is what all those years of personal transformation and the hundreds of books I've read and all the classes I've taken, it just cleared the channel. It made me willing to suspend all of my judgment, all like not the kind of judgment that like discernment, but judgment, like the places where I think people should all live exactly the same as I do. They should believe and feel the same way that I do. That's what it cleared out. Cause then I can be with whoever's in front of me. Right. I feel like, I feel like what you've just described is that you've made your vessel clear. So you not, not just your channels, but your vessel, because then when you are interpreting information and then passing it forward to somebody else, you are taking your own layers and lens off of it. Um, and that's actually a really special gift. I think that that's, that's a lot of work. So I acknowledge how hard <laughs> you have you. worked to do that because <laughs> as human beings, it is very difficult to get to that place. So I acknowledge that that is absolutely major. That's major. It, I will say that the, you said the thing a while, a while ago about we come into life with like lessons to learn. Yeah. I think probably one of the lessons that I had to learn was the difference between humility and righteousness. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes they're a really fine line and that neither one of those places actually are useful. Like humility where you feel like you're worthless is not useful at all. And being righteous where everything you say is right is not useful either. There's some like place in the middle that I get to exist now. I know what I know. I know what's true for me and I know that what's true for me may not be true for someone else. And I have the flexibility and the willingness to see that, you know? Yeah. And I I really want to go back and talk about, there's one part that you just said that I think is really important. And I did in a very much more simple way, describe this in my show, introducing these November shows was that the most important thing to start with when is to start doing things like meditating, focusing on your breath and learning to just be still. So, I mean, those initial parts of yourself that you need to be alone with and quiet with and by yourself. I mean, that is, I feel like that's a baseline that we want to encourage everybody to start at find it. And there are so many ways you can learn meditation, right? There's I'm, I'm taking people to the place where they can understand the initial stages to all of this, really come down to that critical piece that you said is that you cannot listen to 20 guides if you don't know how to sit silent and that go back to, you don't even, you can't even listen to your own self, like your own intuition or one guide. If you cannot sit and be quiet with yourself. Well, and the beautiful part of the time that we live in is that you don't have to seek out a guru. You don't have to seek out Mm. an, a wizened old, you know, uh, sage or a wise woman what you can actually do is use an app. So two apps for meditation that I absolutely love are Headspace and Calm. Oh yes. They're awesome. They're both good. There's also Relax Melodies and they have tons of free meditations. It, it, what all the meditation teachers that I've ever talked to. And when I teach people who've never meditated to just start the very first thing that just like you were saying, which is pay attention to your breath notice where your body is. Like that is the first place to start because also 
if you're not present and your mind is racing, like if we just take it to a brain biology place, there are cascading things that happen biologically when our mind is racing. And if you can learn to, my, through mindfulness to calm yourself, then those cascading things don't take over you and you can still listen. Mm. You can still hear, you can still listen, you can still be calm no matter what is happening outside of you. Yeah. Like I said, I want that to be my, my goal is to have that be our baseline for all humans, right? A starting place, a starting place to connect. Um, and so we're doing that in shows like this. We're doing that. Yeah, we are. We are, we're making that change. Okay. So I want to, I want to go back to just where you were in your story. So all of that work that you did, and I know you've done a ton of training and classes and different paths and, you know, we don't need to necessarily go into like <laughs> what rituals or what initiations you did because that there's too many to, to list. But I, what I want our listeners to know is that that part of your process, the education, the tools that you expanded is helpful and useful and is what allows you to have your craft the way that you do, but you are not dispelling the fact that, or you're not, you're not taking away the fact that everybody has the ability to tap into their own intuition on their own. And that to me is, is an important takeaway from this. And what I really love is that you teach this to clients one-on-one, you teach this in companies, you do retreats for groups of people, which you have one coming up soon. And by the time this is coming out, it's too late. Sorry guys, wait for April. You can go in the next one. Or if you're listening to this in 2020, I don't know, we're going to give you her website and you're going to be able to check it out then. Or if it's 2025, when you're listening to this, I don't know, you'll have to track her down. She might be living in Costa Rica. I don't know. It's possible. That was a real ramble. Anyway, um, that you do this in ways that individuals and companies can utilize that to make better choices and happier relationships in their life, which we talked about at the beginning. And I think that that's, that's a beautiful thing to be able to do that. So tell me a little bit more about the differences between working with individuals and working with companies or groups of companies or groups of staff in companies. Yeah. So when I work with people one-on-one, um, I have, uh, like a very eight unit step way in which they, um, learn how their gift works. And we work through eight units basically. So unit one is how does your intuition work? Like that's, we work through the units individually and we go at a pace where people have the opportunity to learn how their gift works, to practice their Mm. gift, and then to apply it to real life and get coaching and support along the way. That's mastering intuition and mentoring. Those are two programs I offer. When I do it in companies, what I often do is I do it sort of like in a coaching circle, find out what people's goals are. And then we talk about how important communication is. And then I give them this tool for communication. So then we create a culture inside of the teams usually where people can um, appreciate and understand that when people are listening to their instincts and they have a way to communicate what their instincts are telling them, then they can save money, not make Mm. mistakes and be more connected as a team. So when I work with companies, it just depends on what the company's goals are, but it's still the same thing. I'm still teaching how to apply these, these tools and use them practically. And I'm sure that when you're working within companies and if you're like coaching a team of people within a company, that that shift is like massive because not only can I envision that happening in the company, but they're all taking that back to their personal lives too, because you can't not be touched. I, I, I feel like I, I say this often and I don't know if I describe it well when I say it, but it's like, once you know, you can't unknow. And I, once the switch is flipped, you can't unflip it. It doesn't, it's not possible. You will never not find that little voice inside once you hear it for the first time, whatever, however it comes to you, you will never not notice it. And it may pop up at totally inopportune times Mm -hmm. on a date with someone super sexy that you're (laughs) like, Ooh, yeah. And your intuition's like, no, don't do it. So you always have free will and you can choose to listen to it. But once you hear it, you will not be able to ignore it. And it does. I'm telling you during my process of learning of how, (laughs) when to handle, when you get information from your guides in public settings, I'm going to share a story. You're going to find this really funny. I don't know if I've told you this story yet, but there is a woman that's listening. That's going to know this. We were at a business event and it was with one of my clients and their teams and we were having dinner and she brought something up about one of her daughters that has kids. So she's talking about her granddaughters. And I feel like all of a sudden everybody was gone from around me. And I was physically in a different place with one of her grandchildren. And I was laying my hands of healing on her granddaughter's head. And this was happening in the middle of this business dinner. So I kind of like shifted my body away. And I said, 
can you just give me a moment? And she's like, yeah. And so she continued the conversation and she kind of understood what she understood what was happening. And I turned my body weight because I knew that it was important that I received this message. And it's, there was no way for me to like, just stop the conversation and, and have it at that time, but I needed to get it so I could file it away and address it later. So I, I got all of the information and it was, it was pretty profound. And then when I spoke to her afterwards and shared the message with her, she told me that her granddaughter had epilepsy. So she had um, seizures in her brain and um, so there was this, it was just very, very powerful what happened in that moment. But it was one of those times where I consciously said, okay, it's coming. I'm not, this isn't the, this isn't the perfect time for this, but the way that it happened, I, I figured it out. I managed it. I handled myself in a way that I could still be in that business environment and still get the information and then still make the impact after with the information that I was given. But that is, that is a balance that has taken me a long time to be able to manage. Yes. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much to say about it other than it's weird when it happens. It's weird when it happens. The most common question I hear from people is they go, are you ever able to turn it off? Yeah. And I'm like, that's adorable. Yeah. So here's what I'll say to anyone listening. If you have like a concern that you're going to be walking around, being able to hear everybody's conversations in their head or feel everybody's emotions or take on people's sicknesses, mm. like you're concerned about being too sensitive. Here's what I'll tell you. So anyone who's ever seen a kid in a really busy restaurant knows they don't have the capacity to focus on one person mm -hmm. because they're distracted. Yeah. When you practice with your intuition, mm -hmm. it's not that you can't hear everything around you, right? Mm -hmm. All the extraneous stuff. It's just, you're able to focus, Yeah. right? Intuition is not about knowing things suddenly, though that sometimes is how it works. Mm -hmm. It's mostly about being able to tell what information is useful and what is extraneous and totally not useful. Mm -hmm. That's the gift. That's really the gift of intuition. So don't worry. Yeah, your, your, your sensitivity might continue to increase. Your gift will grow. Yeah. You'll be able to receive messages for friends, granddaughters yeah. mm -hmm. in the middle of a business meeting. <laughs> it will be no problem. It'll be no problem. Because you'll be like, excuse me for just, just a second. A <laughs> they may think you're checking your text. They yeah, don't know yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, you'll receive right. it. You'll turn back around. You'll pick right back up where you were. Right. That is really how power using the gift works. That's yeah. how it works. Yeah. I think that that's really important because it is possible to, I almost, I like the example that you gave and how you are distracted and how you can, it's almost like you just turn your frequency down. It doesn't go away. You just turn it down. And it is possible to go about day to day and do things and, and not have it all be coming at you. But I think that there is consciously, at least for, for you specifically, because you've done a lot of work, you are able to consciously decide to turn it on in a brighter way, right? So you're getting messages in a much clearer fashion. And I like that you are talking about this in practical ways that people can understand, because I think there's also another misconception, which you must get a lot, that you can't have one foot here on this earth and one foot in the cosmos that you're either in one or the other space. And I, I feel like you can be very spiritually charged and connected and still interact and live. And listen, we also have to like cook food and like do our laundry and things still happen. And you know what? People still die and difficulties still happen regardless of how tuned in you are. It's just, it gives you a different method and be able to manage those situations. Yeah. I've seen a quote recently, which is something like, just because I'm spiritual doesn't mean I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I'm always in a good mood. It doesn't mean that I never flip people off or have road rage or say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. It just means that I am awake enough to notice when I do those things mm -hmm. and if needed, make amends. So for me, when I say modern mystic, when I use that term, I just mean you bring the spiritual into the everyday. For me, that's how I have a foot in both worlds. It's how I have a life of balance. Every time I meet someone, if I'm paying attention, I know something about them instantly. Mm -hmm. Like when I met you, the thing you didn't mm -hmm. say is we compared goosebumps Oh, because we instantly yeah. both had goosebumps head to toe. We both showed oh, yeah. our arms right next to oh, each yeah. other and we were like, Ooh, yeah. do you feel those? Because I just knew you were going to be my friend. I mean, I that's know. Well, that's I'm what like, we said. We're now going to be best friends. friends. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it is, is literally what happened. That is literally what happened. And that is, that was like a moment of recognition, mm. but it was like, it, to me, it was like recognizing like, mm -hmm. you know, 
that that's possible when it's when you're tuned in and turned on when it's turned on mm-hmm. and so and uh, turned on i mean it's turned yeah. on and turned on because yes. listen as women we need to stay turned on i'm just yeah, saying uh yes I'm just yes saying. we do <laughs> that's that a whole like another show podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we just we're gonna do another podcast we're gonna review a book i actually think we should do a book review Ooh. I we okay so we have a group of women that we've read a really interesting book with and i think okay so we'll table that but um I want people to know how they can work with you because as I said at the beginning of the show, I am very aware that this is going to trigger a response at a lot of people because it is, they're, they're hearing us, right? This is the whisper that they've had down inside of them and they're listening to this show for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that means that they might need help and support to grow. And that's out of all of the shows in November that we've been talking about, not a lot of the women work one-on-one to help people develop their spirituality or their intuition. They work in different ways. We all have different gifts and different purposes, but I think that this is really up your alley. So please tell listeners where they can find you and reach you. And if you have anything special for Grit and Grace listeners that they need to know. So finding me super easy. You can find me on Instagram, Shoshana French Stokes. You can find me on simplespirit.com, my website. You can also find me on Facebook, Simple Spirit Tips. Uh, How I work with people always is we do an initial session. That's how we start. We just do one session. We get connected. Sometimes one session was all you needed to turn Mm -hmm. something on that has been dormant or quiet. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes people want to work more, but that's the first thing, an initial session. So um, if I remember correctly, the thing that I said I was going to offer people for your special- We're just double checking. We're just double checking (laughs) I want to make sure that it's consistent with what I promised. And by the way, for those of you that are listening, I will put her Instagram- um, connection to Instagram, Facebook, and our website in the show notes. So you can go directly to the show notes and should be able to hyperlink that and find you. So for anyone hearing me today on the show and you're like, I really want to do a one-on-one session. I didn't even tell her I was going to do this as oh, I'm thinking about yay. it right now. She's got something, yeah, special. I got something special. So I'd like, if you, if you schedule a 60 minute session, initial session with me, I'll create some kind of code or something. We'll put a, we'll, we'll put a we'll code. Call yeah. it Tribe. We'll call it tribe. There we go. We'll call it tribe. It will be 40% off an initial session. Amazing. Just so you can come in for the very first time. And again, for listeners not in Colorado, I have clients in 15 countries, so we can do video, we can do phone. Um, I would love to help you. And I have a ton of resources. So even if we just work together once, because that's what led me is all the resources that people shared with me. I have a ton from YouTube to Forbes magazine just had an amazing article. So mm-hmm. on and on and on. So we connect. I will uh, share with you the stuff that I've learned, but also uh, the resources that exist beyond me. That's an amazing deal. Thank you so much. You're Appreciate welcome. that. And listen, you know, you are, you guys are so fortunate to have the time to not just meet Shoshana, but to hear from her and have the opportunity to work with her. Because one thing that I know, and we all know is that when we have had the opportunity to learn from other people, we like to give that back and help others because these are, these are important times. I mean, we are, I, I consider myself a light worker and I don't know if you associate with that term, but I consider you a light worker because we are working really hard to bring the light in for as many people as possible for the good of the planet, for our populations, our communities, and for the next generation, for my daughter and my son who are going to be raised in a world where I want there to be more of this light in their lives. So, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to reach out to me. If for whatever reason you can't find Shoshana, or if you have any questions, I encourage you to allow us to be there for you. We will help guide you. And if we don't have the answers, well, Shoshana will have the answers, but she will, or she'll know where to go to get the answers. I may not have them, but I know where to get Shoshana. So that's a good, that's a good deal. Shoshana, my friend, you are amazing. Mm, Thank you for this conversation. It's soul feeding to be able to share your journey, my journey, and what's possible when we're connected. So Mm -hmm. thank you. I'll have you know the goosebumps just came back as soon as you said that. That's We are connected, and I appreciate you so much. And the work that you do for so many people, the world is a better place with you in it. Mm, Thank you. All right. This is it, you guys. This is what Sacred November is all about. We are bringing you the most amazing women that are crushing it in their life and business, but they're doing it in a way that's embracing their gifts and their intuition and their spirituality. And I want you guys to take that leap, dip your toe into Shakti and see what that feels like. And if you need help, we're here for you. We will be back again soon. Thanks for listening. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, my name is Les Conley. And as producer of this show, I enjoy listening right along with you. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow Grit and Grace so that we can keep you up to date on all the exciting shows coming your way. Please check the show notes for links to our guests and feel free to contact us for more information. Taver Lee is a social impact entrepreneur and she can be found at taverlee.com. That's T-A-H-V-E-R-L-E-E.com. And if you're interested in audio, video production and post-production, you can find me at healantmedia.com. We know your time is extremely valuable and we appreciate you spending it with us. Thank you.